and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Don't Sleep on the Couch Podcast. I go by Cash, aka Exec P, one half of the DSC. This is episode 130, and if you didn't know, Don't Sleep on the Couch Podcast is a podcast about music, sports, entertainment, culture, mainly music and sports. You can get that each and every week, but this week we have a special guest, y'all. He's an MC, an MC's MC from Chicago. He's a returnee. He's no stranger to the couch. His new project, Hell's Angels and Heaven's Demons, just dropped with Dr. Mindbender. It's a phenomenal project, and we got him here live to talk to you about the project. Trust me, this is an interview you don't want to miss. Without further ado, welcome to the couch again. I am God. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What are you with it, bro? How you doing? Chilling, man. Glad to have you back. How you feeling? Hey, it's good to be back. I'm good. Can't complain. Family straight, I'm straight. So we maintain it out here. Live and maintain Absolutely, man. So before we get into the pleasantries and, and talking about the music, man, just um, overall, how are you feeling with just from last project to this project, everything that has happened in that in that span? I'm just taking it all in, taking it one day at a time. I'm in a good space, you know what I'm saying? A good space mentally with everything, a good space emotionally, a good space uh, theoretically on how I'm moving, what I'm doing, and and you know what I'm saying? Like getting to that finish line. So we're well, not necessarily the finish line, but taking that next step, I should say, you know what I'm saying? Leveling up, leveling up, so to speak. So I feel good about everything, man. The support has been overwhelming. I ain't really expect, you know what I'm saying, the, the support to be, you know what I'm saying, as potent as it's been. And I hope it only gets stronger out from here. So I got to say a big shout out to especially everybody in the Twitter world that been tapping in, everybody that been rocking, you know what I'm saying? Because they've been an immense, enormous help. The word of mouth is real right now over there. That's dope, man. Yo, most importantly, I saw, I think it was you or or Doc, he tweeted, Crooked Eye was tapping in, King Crooked, rather, was tapping into facts, the project, facts. man. How did, how did that make you guys feel, you know what I mean, as an, an MC in every sense of the word in King Crooked, giving you guys a, a, a listen, man? Like, that, that had to feel great. Yeah, it was dope, you know what I'm saying? And he probably don't remember, but I met, I actually met Crooked like some years ago. He was doing... um. It was this uh this platform called Coast to Coast. They used to do the Coast to Coast mixtapes, and they was doing a tour, and uh, Crooked was on it. You know what I'm saying? He performed in Chicago, and shout out to the homie Mark Webster. This is back in my intervention days, the crew I was rocking with. The homie Mark Webster, like he had something to do with it, or had something to do with getting Crooked here. And you know what I'm saying? And we was chilling with him. You know what I'm saying? Before the show or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I got to chop it up with him and talk to him in depth. Like I say, he probably don't remember, and I ain't bring it up, but. I actually met him years ago, and he a real cool motherfucker. Got to see him performing live or whatever, but it definitely felt good to have him, you know what I'm saying, acknowledge the work, you know what I'm saying, because that's definitely one of them, them MCs, definitely one that I learned a lot from, you know what I'm saying, and he's still going today. So that was everything right there. Yeah, man. Before we came on, you was talking about being real busy, and, and, and you had a lot of things going between now and then and, and people tapping in, like what are some of the things that you you have going on in between time? I've, I've noticed a lot on your social media, a lot more shows as the world's opening back up. So you've been being able to go out and touch the people. How important has that been for, you know, that peer-to-peer or that peer-to-fan relationship? It's been super important. You know what I'm saying? It's been, it's been real vital because, you know, excuse me, the stage performance, the live performance is a big part of being an entertainer. You know what I'm saying? So without that, it's kind of like you working at a half capacity, so to speak, you know, so to get out there and be able to see the people, be able to chop it up face to face and 
be even more accessible because I, I try to be as accessible as possible, you know what I'm saying, via social media, but it's different when it's in the flesh. It just hit different and you get a chance to look a person in the eye, you know what I'm saying, and you had that convo and, you know what I'm saying, that dialogue and they get a feel for you, you know what I'm saying? It's like an exchange of energy in a different t- type of way. So it's been important, man. Show's coming up October 23rd, October 29th. We is uh, subterranean in Chicago on the 23rd for no program director. Shout out to homie DJ Most Def and Tell Music Group. Uh, the 29th, shout out to homie Sam I Am. We rocking out at North Bar for Hip Hop Halloween. And yeah, man, the, the, the calendar is, is definitely fuller than in the past. <laughs> hey, that's do- that's a dope thing, man. Yet, but yeah. keep, keep being busy, man. I definitely, whenever I come back to the States, and I'm on that side of the world, man. I'll definitely tap in. I got to come see see a live show, see see you get down. You know what I mean? How are the people That's receiving? Gratitude. How are the people receiving it in the flesh? Like, what songs are they gravitating to? You have three projects that are out right now on all DSPs, as, you know, we we alluded to earlier in, pre, in previous conversation on the podcast. You've been rapping for a while, but it looks like you took down the old stuff and, and came back fresh and new. So out of that new batch yeah. that you've been dropping since 2020, what are the people gravitating to now when you're on the stage? Hip hop will never die is a big one because I actually started performing that joint before we even released uh, Hell's Angels and Heaven's Demons. That's, you know what I'm saying, a project that that particular song is a part of. So I was doing that in preparation of uh, releasing Hell's Angels and Heaven's Demons. So that's definitely one of the ones right there. Um, some evil in a mosh cold like I wrote it in the midst of a freezing winter. This is rapping dominance. My rap astonishes the brain. Rappers hear my name and suffer from lack of confidence. It's common sense like Lonnie Rasheed Lynn. If it's tension in the air, bitch, I probably breathe in. I'm with all the smoke. This shit is all a joke. This what you call a goat. He might not wrote his raps, but I can't go for that. Like hoping to never die. I'm just trying to carry on a tradition of venomous spitting. Shut the fuck up and listen. Hip hop, it'll never die. Don't never try no nigga rapping the shot. Ain't no need to ask why. It's just Know that this hip hop it'll never die. I'm just trying to carry on a tradition of venomous spitting. Shut the fuck up and listen. Hip hop it'll never die. Don't never try no nigga rapping the shot. Ain't no need to ask why. Just know fuck that this niggas and bitches never like. die. I spit lyrics of the wickedest type. Sick with this mic. These rapping niggas don't exist when I write. I'm and in a league of my own. Get a chance to perform first. You know what I'm saying? And get a chance to try out. Uh, I know people been telling me via social media they've been rocking with Honor Me a lot. That's one of the joints right there. Um, Common yes, Sense, yes, uh, what else? Uh, Andrea Head, Zombie. So all those will definitely be performed next Saturday and probably a few of those will be performed uh, that following, I think that's what, the 29th too. So yeah, man, but Hip Hop Never Die is one that I've actually seen the response live in the flesh for. So I'm like, okay, yeah, this one of the ones. Yeah, you definitely got to got to drop that beat out. I mean, any verse you want to, but in that, that honor me, drop, drop the beat out and just go. Acapella, let, let them hear it, man. Cause I use, you was talking that shit, man. You was talking that shit on there, and I was like, okay, because the beginning of the project, you know, if, if people don't know or know your music, you're a very serious individual. Um, your projects are very focused, and you could tell that whatever you're writing is very much with precision. But that one came on, and it just changed the whole tempo for me of the record. You know what I mean? It was the slow beats and you rocking out being lyrical as usual. When that came on, it was just the rapid fire. You know what I mean? And, and you pick right. your poison on whatever verse you like like the most. And again, I think it was like three verses on there, right? Yeah, like on, on that project, that was the start of me taking it back to the 316s and in, the, in a hook uh, kind of like formula. You know, it's 
I don't know if it's any of that on the on the on the last project of the year, but I know it's it's I do a lot of 24s, you know what I'm saying? I was just telling a motherfucker like the other day in the studio or whatever, like I don't really even start feeling comfortable until like the eighth or the tenth bar on the 16 bar verse. It's kind of like how three stacks is when 16 ain't enough. Like 16, yeah, it's like it don't be enough. So I my my 16s are 24s these days, but on that project, I wanted to take it back, you know what I'm saying, to I ain't gonna say the original formula, but to one of the most popular formulas, which was the three sixteens and a four bar or eight bar hook or whatever. Yeah, that's fire. And I noticed that I was like, okay, because there's like 11, 11 tracks on here. Twelve joints. Yeah, Twelve. Joints. My bad. Twelve joints on here, but typically a twelve pack nowadays is like what thirty five minutes. You know what I'm saying? So once I saw it was almost a full hour, I was like, oh shit, it must be a, it must be a lot of rapid on here. You know what I mean? And and that's appreciative, definitely with the three. Um, verse song structure like I mean Cat's just not doing that anymore and it's not a bad thing you know I I understand with streaming and you got to keep people's attention but sometimes you know some for us long-winded people who who like to listen to lyricism the three the three verses isn't isn't uh, a bad thing it's very welcome so you definitely did your thing on that but I, I wanted to ask man like with the with each project that you dropped since 2020. It's been the one producer, one rapper. And we talked about that uh, last time we we chopped it up. So moving on, next chapter is Dr. Mindbender. Definitely would have loved to have him on here, man. And we will at, at some point because uh, he got a he got a nice little history, man. I, I saw some of the stuff he was doing. I think he had something with Sean, P- Sean Price or whatever. Like he's nice. got a got a really dope history uh, with Vic. Some stuff with Vic, so I definitely wanted to chop him up, chop it up with him about that. But what drew you guys to to working with e- with each other? Well, I gotta give uh, a shout out to the homie uh, GQ the teacher. You know what I'm saying? Much gratitude to GQ the teacher and my condolences. You know what I'm saying? He just lost a couple of his people. You know what I'm saying? Uh, not too re- uh, recently. So, uh, but yeah, G- uh, GQ the teacher. He kind of like it all started with this little freestyle idea or whatever. Um, as we know, Benny the Butcher did 97 Hove. I think it was for, what was that, Tanner Talk 3. Uh, I think it was Tanner Talk 3. He did 97 Hove. And that was one of my favorite joints from the project. So I took uh, the Shootouts instrumental and I Gave You Power instrumental from It Was Written and put them together. And I put a freestyle on Twitter at late 2019 and I called it 96 Nas. And it wasn't a response to him, but it was just like, it inspired me. You know what I'm saying? So Benny ended up seeing it and he retweeted it. You know what I'm saying? Because I was tagging him in it or whatever. So he saw it and he retweeted it. Y'all see that shit? Y'all know what time it is. Yeah, let's get it. I was born in 86, but I'm like 96 Nas. Impeccable wordplay. I spit the 96 bars of time capsule. Hearing my shit is like time travel. I compose flows that leave your face twisted and mind baffled. The waves to the top of the fade like some sort of halo. And yet the wordplay stay devilish. My competitors get stopped here. I do not fear today's top tier. Because while some is respectable, I still feel a lot square no shots here facts here checking these pussies just like a pap smear i let these niggas flourish for the last year and what the fuck they do with it a whole lot of nothing other than stupid shit the music is second to this computer shit i do this shit in my slumber these gq have a business relationship with them so 
he hit Benny like, bro, who was that? Who was dude that you just retweeted? And Benny hit him back like, nigga, he from your neck of the woods. I don't know. I thought you might know him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> he was like, nah, I never heard of him. But I was just coming back because I quit. You know what I'm saying? I quit like around, like, I called myself quitting like around 2017, 2018 or whatever. I was just over rap and making music. So, um, so that was like one of my first pieces of music, putting it back out into the world and everybody doing back. And so he hit me up and was like, man, I want to introduce you to a lot of my people. You know what I'm saying? And that was clutch for me because at the, at the time, I was going to go back to what I knew, but it had been so long since I worked with anybody. You know what I'm saying? It was kind of like I, I wanted to start fresh. So he hooked me up with the homie Doc. And Doc is actually my primary engineer. So Doc, like, he has an advantage that the other producers I rock with don't, you know what I'm saying? Because he know my sound. He got an ear for how I sound, what I like to do. So, you know what I'm saying? He kind of got one up on everybody else as far as making the music because he's my primary engineer as well. But yeah, like most people don't, a lot of people don't know this project was supposed to be the fr first project I dropped. You know what I'm saying? But it ended up being I Am God with the homie Max Julian. Uh, Doc had some prior obligations. So we started, you know what I'm saying? Our first session was a listening session, you know what I'm saying? For beats or whatever. And Dreadhead Zombies was the first beat he played. You know what I'm saying? And he told me he made that after seeing the video that Benny the Butcher retweeted. He was like, he saw the video. He was like, okay, I fuck with dude. You know what I'm saying? He said he made that off of hearing that freestyle. So I'm like, bro, if you got 10, 11 more of these, like we set. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, this going to be easy. But yeah, that's how me and Doc uh, initially got into him. And we've been rocking ever since. Grindhouse shit. You glossed over how important it is to have a producer slash engineer. Like, for people who hey, who vital, listen, bro. like I'm over, I'm over here trying to learn how to do that because I found you know through interviewing you guys, and I've said it over the course of a uh, a few interviews with different casts. I'm like, yo, man, y'all definitely motivated me to get back in that creativity, that creative space, rather. You know what I mean? But that right there, quality of sound is what I hear immediately, and and for a rapper in your shoes or anybody that is you know, ascending, sounding like industry industry standard is primary, pro, one of the primary things you got to have. So how important is that, you know, can you speak to the people about that, how important that is? I think I'm a little spoiled, you know what I'm saying? Like you said, I definitely gloss over it. And, and I think it's not because I don't respect what he do, it's just the fact that I'm not, I don't, I'm, I ain't gonna say I don't understand it, but I'm not in tune with the science of sound. You know what I'm saying? I was watching, uh, I'd be watching like old hip hop interviews and I came across one, uh, I think it's in a documentary too about the early days of Wu-Tang and how they was recording uh, into, 30, into the 36 Chambers. And you know, RZA was speaking about, you know, our master sound, sound moves at however, whatever number he said, waves or whatever. And he was like, that's why my shit is fat because I master sound and it's kind of like, Looking at it from that perspective, you could put a science to anything. And it's just, it's like I said, it's, it's different when you have a motherfucker who understands sound on a certain level. Because I've, I've been in tune with some cold-ass producers, cold-ass beat makers. But when I take the beat to the engineer, they like, damn, what the fuck did they mix this shit on? Like, it's all over the place. So you can have that talent there, but that don't mean it's going to translate into the other side of understanding how to adjust things and how to level things, what needs tweaking here, what needs tweaking there. So I'm extremely grateful, you know what I'm saying, to be introduced 
uh, to Doc, even for that matter. Like, that's my guy, like, Pib, but, like, just on that, to be able to have a motherfucker that you know is going to come with it on the beats and who got your best interest in hand and know what he's doing when it comes to that mix, because the mix is everything. I'm real, you know, I go through my phases of working out and not working out. Some breaths might be more pronounced than other breaths, and it's like, I like mine mixed a certain type of way. I don't like for my breaths to be cut because then a verse sounds choppy. I, I just rather you minimize the volume on the breaths to where you could barely hear them. You got to really be listening to be able to hear them. So the verse still sounds fluid. And Doc picked up on all that, like how I like my ad libs. Like, he you know, throw a little reverb on my shit and a slight echo and we good on the ad libs. So it's just certain shit that he know already. And that's like, man, it's, it's everything to be able to have that chemistry and that bond in the studio because it just make my job a whole lot easier. And like one of the things that I that I wanted to do and I was telling Prez about is like, yo, we have to, for, especially for these one producer or just any any amount of producers, if these cats willing to come on with the artists that we interview, that's even better because that tells the whole story. And often at times uh, we like to phase people who play critical roles in the, in these projects managers we phase out the dj we've already phased out the dj we phased out the the engineer the the a and r like these guys are vital to your success like nobody makes it alone i don't care how much you'll rap it i don't care how much you'll feel that way it may be 80 percent you but that 20 percent of those other people is closing the door or bringing it home rather you know what I mean? So that's Thanks. I definitely shout out to Doc, man, because you you sound great on it. And just those little things I pick up with just getting into learning how to mix and master. You know what I'm saying? The deep breath, not making sure you cut it out, you know, finding that sweet spot. Like you agonize as right. an engineer or producer, you agonize over and over about those type of things because, you know, if if your project comes out and it's shitty and it sounds shitty, that's a reflection of them. Facts, facts. Yeah, and and Doc, you know what I'm saying? He definitely should be tapping in before it's all said and done. You know what I'm saying? He got the link and everything. Again, that's my fault. You know what I'm saying? We had to, you know what I'm saying, schedule a little earlier than normally intended. But he, uh, he definitely should be tapping in. He definitely, that's why I like to do, that's why none of my projects are just listed as the artist, I am God. You know what I'm saying? There's always I am God and, because they artists as well. You know what I'm saying? It's, they just as much an artist as the, the MC. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, making beats production, that's an art. You know what I'm saying? Engineering, that's an art. You know, so it's kind of like they they deserve all that shine. And that's what I'm always into, like, trying to include motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? If you got anything to do with anything, I want to make sure you include it. So if you lace in this entire project and you provide all the instrumentation for me to, you know what I'm saying, you provide the canvas for me to get my Michelangelo on or whatever, it's kind of like you... I feel like your name need to be right there alongside mine. Not behind it, not in front of it, but right there alongside. So that's the type of dude I am because, I mean, it's deserved. Like, it's to me, that's logic. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a given. Like, I wouldn't have it no other way. Yeah, no, those type of relationships will last forever, man, because a lot of those guys don't really... The reason why they do what they do is because they don't want to be out in front. They do want to be the laid-back guy, you know, traveling, doing their thing, going from state to state, overseas, doing their thing, mixing and mastering, and nobody know about it. Right. Some of them much rather have right. it that way. But there's nerds like myself, there's nerds like Prez and, and yourself that we we check the credits. 
you know, thank God for Tidal and all these other these other uh, streaming services that are bringing that back because I always look and see who's doing their thing and see where their beats are, how they, how they're placing things. Like people will actually check for that type of stuff, so it's very very underrated. But you spoke on um, RZA and and kind of what he was talking about as far as make sound, the art of sound. Have you been tapped into the latest uh, Wu Tang? series that's that's dropped season two out right now so have you have you tapped in with it absolutely absolutely i'm caught up like i'll be i'll be thirsty because it come on i'm central time so it come on every tuesday at 11 you know what i'm saying because i guess it's set for like eastern time midnight so every tuesday at 11 p.m i'm on it <laughs> the latest episode so yeah wu-tang is my favorite group with the locks being second you know what i'm saying so i'm most definitely tapped in so out of like Every episode that that's come out, I'll, I'll pick out like two points to me to where I was like, man, I'm I'm in hip hop heaven. It was first. I'll start with the latest episode is the the performance and getting you know tying into your performance. Like those cats just went out there raw, didn't need no real you know practice. It's like when the talent is is in you, it's in you, man. But like speak to the nerves part of getting back out there because it. It had been quite some time before you got back on stage with the pandemic and everything. So how did you overcome that to essentially just getting on stage and just rocking out like you're used to? Um, first, let me speak over the last episode because I ain't going to lie, man. Like, I hope they don't totally just like like you said, gloss over this and don't include it. But at some point in time, the nigga Dennis got to put on the, either the stocking mask or the or the, or the the hockey mask, man. He wouldn't be <laughs> right. ghost if he didn't do that, man. Like for one of these shows before season two is over, he gotta perform with the stocking, the, the stocking cap over the face, man. But yeah, um, you know, when I first got back into the live performance thing, man, it was I get nervous before every show. You know what I'm saying? I don't think that'll ever go go away. And I I can't explain it. I'm comfortable on stage once I get on stage and once I get into what I'm doing, it's kind of like I'm just talking to family, you know what I'm saying, in the crowd, you know what I'm saying? But I think I'm more so nervous because I know I'm going to fuck up at least once or twice every show. But it's a fuck up in, in the to where the crowd don't notice it, but I know I fucked up. You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah, a real yeah, yeah. wordy MC. <laughs> so it's it's different. You know what I'm saying? It's different. Yeah. And I have to kind of like master. Uh, I still haven't mastered the the live performance yet. That's something that I'm, I'm currently working on, trying to make it as fluid and effortless as possible, but still put on a dope ass show. So. I mean, like, like I said, the crowd don't notice it, but it's like I know I might have stumbled over a word or I might have, you know what I'm saying, cut a word short because I forgot the bar or whatever. But I, I got enough knowledge and enough experience in this to know how to make it not seem obvious. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know. The nerves always act up right before a show. But it's like once I get up there and I get into it, it's like it's like anything else. If I know I got to go through it, I'm going to just go through it and get it done. So, But I love performing, though, so it's nothing to it. It's just some human nature shit, I guess. You know what I'm saying? I'm nervous like before every show, but by the time I get to that stage, it's over with. It's like, all right, it's either go hard or go home. Like they came to see a show, give them one. And I feel like if you, if you don't get nervous, you know what I mean? Like that you're too comfortable. You know what I mean? You're too comfortable. Right. Like I think right. every great artist gets, gets a little bit nervous up there, man, because I mean, you just want the show to go off without a hitch, without the mic cutting out. Right. Uh, without missing a step, if you incorporate those type of things, if you're, you know, R&B performer or if you got 
other people on stage. So it's a lot of lot of different things. Whether the DJ makes the right cut to the next song, fades things out. Like it's a lot of things that you practice with your DJ up there or whoever's playing the music. And if it goes wrong, it could throw you totally off because you have a certain thing that you you want to see out there, and it's it's difficult. It's difficult, man. Um, the other question though I had from the from the show is this: the one scene I think it was the prior episode where RZA was pretty much putting the song together, but he was bringing in somebody on the drums. Then you know, kind of like just it looked like a beautiful mind, man. Then he was swiping somebody out this way and then you know you see Ghostface come in then Ray came in and it was just like a lot of different um samples like those guys and those reenactments and I thought that was like a beautiful imagery of what any producer that samples goes through you know what I mean like did that take you there in your your hip-hop nerdum <laughs> you know what I mean as far as like this is just ill man this is a dope, it's a dope show at first, when I was looking at it, I'm like, it's kind of weird. You know what I'm saying? Because it's from a producer's perspective, and I never even tried. I probably tried to, like, make a beat on, like, some little bullshit software, like, Fruity <laughs> Loops, like, years ago. Yeah. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was it was weird at first. But then, like, when I when I heard actual producer homies of mine talk about it, I'm like, oh, so that's what the fuck y'all see. That's what y'all go through. You know what I'm saying? And I understood what they was trying to do. But I just wasn't sure that that was an accurate depiction of it. Because like I said, I don't make beats. I'm strictly behind the mic. I don't do nothing else but write the bars and perform them and deliver them. You know what I'm saying? So when I first saw it, I'm like, all right, it's, it's dope. I like what they did, but it was still a little weird. But it made even more sense once I heard some of the producer homies talk about it. So I'm like, okay. So once, like, I think me and Doc was actually talking about it. Like, you know, he like he praised it. He was like, man, that was cold as hell. Like the way they did that. Cause that's how it be. Like you going through your mind and you, you thinking what this is sound like, and then you getting rid of that and you putting this in and you know what I'm saying? You thinking about certain artists as you doing it. So I'm like, damn, that's cold. Like I could only imagine if I was a producer and seeing that, or oh, it's kind of like when uh, a scene to where like seeing them write, they uh, like being in the studio when they perform in the studio, like the, the episode from last season when they, uh, when they recorded, what was that, uh, Seventh Chamber, you know what I'm saying? It was like, that was dope for me as an MC. you know what I'm saying? So I could understand how that would hit different being a producer. So, yeah, I fuck with that scene. I didn't get, I ain't gonna say I didn't get it at first, but it hit different after I heard some of my producer homies talking about how it affected them. Yeah, man, it definitely is something to see, man. Like, I'm I'm all nerded out about that type of stuff, and, and I enjoyed it so far, man, because I don't think I've ever seen, we've seen plenty of, um, shows on rappers' lives or loosely based on it to where it was about the rapper, not not so much the producer. But this one is uh, definitely definitely changing the game, man. But I wanted to get into some of the the tracks off of your latest project, man. Um, there's a few that kind of hit me to where you was you was talking about a lot of real shit, or maybe it was just a story you had. So my first one is same shit, different day. But you can't become a slave to the shit they say Or like the man, you should embrace it And I won't come around or get down like I used to I'm not the same young child that you used to No longer in these streets and running wild like I used to This ain't the same old style that you used to Some of my fam that should be closest I really don't fuck with Negativity is some shit I refuse to be stuck with Too much dysfunction I chose to cut off and not put up with At this point in my life I need some peace Been through enough shit You mad cause I ain't do something for you Rather than doing something to you But how you talk to me I end up doing something 
about what I don't do for trade And that I don't call enough And I ain't even saying you wrong Fuck it, I give you that But how the fuck you look disrespecting me on the internet I let it slide You my blood, so yeah, I let it ride But all that extra attitude gon' leave you dead inside Discussions about us being not like her But it's funny, your ass is starting to look a lot like her I believe it was the last verse, man is that from is that last verse where you were talking about a situation with a with a family member? Is that something from your personal life? And is that something you care to like explain as far as how you were able to pin that? And did it go over well with the person you were talking about? Uh yeah, that 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 song is definitely about uh real life personal family issues. And you know, the family member who I was speaking about and speaking to. I don't even know if they heard it to tell the truth. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, as of right now, we're not really speaking. And I love this person. You know what I'm saying? I love this person with all my heart, but I'm real big on if I'm not intentionally doing anything to make you have a problem with me, but you still find a way to have a problem with me at this point in time in my life, like I, we just gonna have to love each other from a distance. And I'm certain they, they love me too. You know what I'm saying? Like it couldn't be the other way. It ain't nothing that bad. And It'll blow over, you know what I'm saying? But it's just like we we always uh evolving, we always growing, we always developing, and we always maturing, and we're gonna be who we're gonna be at the end of the day. But that choice is up to us. I was a totally different individual five years ago, you know what I'm saying? And I'm always changing, I'm I'm always trying to shed layers and grow new ones to be the best me that I could possibly be, you know what I'm saying? For myself, first and foremost, because if I could be the best me for me that trickle down to everybody else in my life that matter. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, you know, family go through their bullshit. You know what I'm saying? They fuss, fight, argue, they stop speaking or whatever. Like I come from a, a definite, a definitely dysfunctional family. So, but you know what I'm saying? It's still love at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? It's just right now we go through these things, you know what I'm saying? And like I say, we, we, we still growing, we still aging and maturing. So I love them. You know what I'm saying? But this was just like, it was just what was on my heart. I didn't embellish it. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't add nothing to it. You know what I, I always say? It's three sides to every story, your perspective, their perspective, and the actual truth. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, that's why I even said in a song, I ain't trying to paint you as no villain. You entitled to your feelings, but I'm good on them emotional roller coasters. I'm chilling. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not trying to say you a bad person or that you did anything wrong. I'm just saying I'm not for the emotional shit right now. You know what I'm saying? Like the negativity, like, I'm in a different space and I'm trying to get to another space. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm, I'm focused on shit. Like, and I, I don't know I, as some people feel, certain people feel like you don't, you're not focused enough with them. You know what I'm saying? That could be true. I'm not saying that I did, I'm doing everything correct. It just is what it is right now. And if, if it is my apologies, but you know what I'm saying? It, it just is what it is right now. So it was definitely some person. Yeah, man. And like you said, it's, it's a time and place for, a sit down, but that requires both parties and everybody to be adult enough to have those conversations and face the realities of what it is and what it isn't. You know, I just came from the States a couple months ago and, you know, reconnected with a lot of family members I hadn't seen in particular mom and dad, you know what I mean? And, and just being in the military and never really being stationed close to home you know what I mean? I don't have the same type of family togetherness as they had with me growing up. Like they always had their mom and dad, grandparents, you know, always around family. I never had that because you got to fly to me wherever I'm at. I've been in Cali. I've never been close to the East Coast 
um, where I'm from. So, right. you know, a lot of those things were covered as saying, hey, you know, y'all grandparents now, wherever I'm at, need y'all to come out. And it really ain't for me. I love to see y'all, but it's really for that connection that you guys need with them because they should never be calling or being like, who this? Who's that? You know right. what I mean? That should make y'all feel a certain type of way. I am not trying to guilt trip you, but what I'm saying is, Right. If you want that that grandparent respect, you have to actually be a grandparent. You know what I mean? And it was difficult to have that conversation because they're in their lives. But was it to my satisfaction? Absolutely not. So, but it took a long time to say that to your parents. You know what I mean? Like you don't want to disrespect them or make them feel a way. But sometimes it's when you're ready and when they're ready to receive it. Because I don't think I could have had that conversation three, four years ago when we all weren't on one accord. So definitely uh, felt that song, you know, on a real level, you know, different situations. And that's everything. Yeah, that's everything what you just said. Like, I wanted to add, like, piggyback off that. It makes no sense to try to come to the table and develop a mutual understanding when both of you all still in the same mindset that got you in this situation in the first place and y'all not willing to, you know meet each other halfway. If you still in the same mind state and you're not willing to budge, it's just no reason to have that conversation right now. You know what I'm saying? That's why I say for right now, it's, it's better to just agree to disagree, love each other from a distance. And when we grow and mature and develop a little bit more, all right, then we could come back to the table and see if we could find some sort of compromise. And it might not even need to be a compromise. We might just feel totally different. So it ain't like I'm Xing motherfuckers out my life. It's just the fact that if you on this and I'm on that, it's just best that we keep it apart into, you know what I'm saying? We both in a mental space and emotional space that we could positively and peacefully come back together. It's no need of sitting down at a table when we're not going to get nowhere. You know what I'm saying? Got, you got to be able to, to receive the message and, 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 and give it, you know what I'm saying? Like you said, so I definitely agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah. Got to. And you know, you, you, you know what you, you about and, and what your shortcomings are as a person. I know me. If you say you're going to do something, you right. don't do it, I'm out. <laughs> you, I don't forget that shit. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I may not say nothing right. about it, but I don't forget it. You know, I'm on time with things I'm on time for. If I say I'm going to be somewhere, I'm going to be there. Maybe late, <laughs> but I'm going to be there. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Or if I say I'm going to do something for somebody, I may not do it on time, but I do it. You know what I mean? I, I follow through on my commitments. Or I let people know, hey, busy. You know what I'm saying? Like just little just human interactions and over time as those things, how I would act in a situation aren't replicated back my way, I start to feel away right. and I withdraw. You know what I mean? But for your family, for people that's close to you, you know what I mean? You you can't you can't be stuck in you at times. So, you know, same shit, different day. Hit hit that way for me as far as like, yeah, it, it takes some growth, but at the same time, you know, you gotta know where you at to be able to come to the table again. So dope, dope, dope yeah. track, man. Dope track. Uh, the next one, man, is another, another, um, I probably, it's not as lighthearted, but a father's love, man. The sample that you had at the end of the, in the end of the song, I forget what movie it was and I was trying to look it up, but I, I couldn't find it, but I know I had seen the movie before, man, but that was excellent storytelling, man. So, what made you come come up with the father's a father's love and you know in particular just tying it together with that skit? Gratitude. That uh that audio clip is actually from South Central. You know what I'm saying? And uh that shit, man. I, you know I say I speak a lot about 
uh, beats and not really picking beats unless they pull something out of me right away. You know what I'm saying? Some sort of emotion. But in rare times, sometimes it's that one or two beats that it's like, you know, you want to kill from the moment you hear it, but it don't necessarily pull that emotion right away. And you kind of trick yourself into overthinking the situation. So I love that beat from the first time I heard it and I knew I wanted it to be a story. At first, I was thinking of getting on like some Nas Blaze of 50 or shootouts type shit and tell like a dramatic climactic story, kind of like maybe somebody's got to die, Biggie joint or whatever, something like that. But I'm like, you know what? Like, I don't really be heavy on gunplay. You know what I'm saying? Because I know I've been around that element, but it's like that ain't what I want to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, even though it's only a story, it's a fictional tale. I'm like, all right, I wasn't really feeling that idea. Let me just approach it from a different angle. And I just couldn't think of nothing. And I think that might have been one of the last songs I actually came up with. And I'm real big on audio clips and samples and time projects in. I think um, I think I got that from like Death Certificate. You know what I'm saying? I love how that album was put together. Um, and it's just like, I don't know how I came across South Central. And I don't know how I end up coming up with the idea. I think I just started writing because I have I actually have an unreleased song from the sessions I was doing with the homie Max Julian for the I Am God sessions. And I got a song that ain't be released yet called A Mother's Love. You know what I'm saying? So it's a similar story, but from a, a mother's perspective. You know what I'm saying? It don't tie in with this one. But now I was just like, OK, I got a mother's love. Let me do a father's love. So I could remember that jail scene. And I'm like, you know what? What if I actually fleshed that character out and kind of gave him a backstory it's loosely based around his exchange you know what i'm saying with with buddy you know what i'm saying in the, in the cell it's not really accurate because you know um i say i forgot i forgot what the difference was not say uh his pops was kind of like a street dude you know what i'm saying and he went away and had to do some time and i don't think that was the character's case you know what i'm saying in south central so it's loosely based on that but I just thought it would be dope to tie it in and kind of like use that audio clip to like set it off. And I'm salty, man, because like for vinyl, uh, for vinyl purposes, I guess each side of vinyl only hold like 23 minutes. I had to get rid of that skit, um, that audio. And man, that one really hurt me. Audio for, that I use at the end of uh, Bulletproof Dreams. That's actually like my real guy who got killed back in 2018. Me, Mike Williams. So I had to like take off like two minutes and 30 seconds. And just those two clips ended up being two minutes and 30 seconds. So I thought it over, uh, talked about it with the team and it was like, it don't make sense to take off a whole song. I understand what these clips mean to you, especially that one, but it'd be best if we just did away with those to fit everything else on vinyl. So we had to get rid of those two clips for vinyl. But yeah, man, like that joint right there, I, I, I fuck with that joint too, because I came up with it you know, sometimes pressure make diamonds, you know what I'm saying? And I was against the clock. I wanted to get everything wrapped up and finish the recording process. And I just came with the story out of nowhere, but it's definitely based on that character from uh, South Central, loosely, loosely based, the Muslim brother. And again, man, like I said, man, like I, you know, I like that you guys that tell stories and I could pull something from it. You know what I mean? That's the only that's the only way I really feel your music is if I could get something from it. Yeah, I know you could rap about a bunch of shit and put words together, but right. can you put together something that's going to make me return to it? You know, and uh, anytime I hear anything about a father's whatever, I listen to it, especially being a, a black father and being in your kid's life and just the stuff that goes on in the hood. 
and whatever, you know, wherever you, you could have your father in the house and still fall victim to the shit that happens in the streets. You know what I mean? Your father could Absolutely. be busy and work, you know, 12, 14 hours a day. So he ain't around as much. He's trying to provide, but you out in the streets, you know what I mean? So one of the, the parts, um, and, and I remember from the movie is like, he was just trying to be back in his life. And he remembers being hard on, on his son so much, you know what I mean? And I get that from my kids. Like, yo, dad, you, you ride me way too much. You know what I mean? But it's only because I feel like, yo, this, this world is unforgiving to a black man. You know what I mean? So you don't get second chances to be great. Unfortunately, you know what I mean? So you can't be lackadaisical. I know this is just your homework. I know this teacher's doing this or whatever you say. Or I know, you know, you was a little tired. You ain't do your chores two days out of last week. It was only two days. That's You know, if I don't work for two days, I don't get paid for two days. You know, trying to instill those things in them. But always, always being on them, I struggle with the right balance. Because sometimes... It, your kids need to be your homie and they need to be able to come to you. And if you on them like that all the time, you know what I mean? God forbid it in the story, you know what I mean? This isn't nothing quite like the story that you uh, were telling or in the movie. But again, you know, it's like little things you take from these type of songs in which it's like, yeah, man, you could, you could ease up Keith a little bit. I, you know, you can ease up a little bit on your kid, man, and, and let him be a kid. He's going to make mistakes, but, you know, you just got to, as soon as he fall out of place, just navigate them right back in, into the path. So that's kind of what I got out of the song, you know, but beautiful story, man. Very well put together. Gratitude, bro. Gratitude. And I'm the same way with my shorties. I got two boys. And, you know, I talk a lot about, you know, how how dudes, how we like to joke on women and, you know, talk about how women go through their whole phases. You know what I'm saying? But I noticed I never had a conversation with none of my guys about us men as boys going through our bitch ass nigga phase. You might have had that strong father figure in your life to keep you from going through that phase, but I didn't grow up with my pops, nor did I grow up with a father figure. So I definitely went through a bitch ass nigga phase. So it's kind of like I'm super hard on my shorties about everything. Cause it's like, for one, just like you said, this world is unforgiving. And if you think I'm being hard on you, you have no idea. Get a load of the world. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like I, I'm i trying to they don't understand. I'm trying to build and instill healthy habits. You know what I'm saying? Into their lives. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes going the hard way ain't necessarily the, the best way, you know what I'm saying, to go about it. But I just take the best of how I was raised. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm grateful I don't have a daughter. Sometimes I'll be thinking like, damn, I love to have a little girl. But I'm kind of like. I'm kind of too uh, too rough around the edges, you know what I'm saying. I got that two inch thick rhino skin, you know what I'm saying. Like I'm I'm It'll hard. I love them up, and bro. I show them that I love them. It'll yeah, you, you know up, what I'm saying. Man. And that's I, I think two sometimes girls. that's that's <laughs> I think that's what I might need sometimes. Like man, if maybe a daughter push me in that other direction and get me off the aggressive shit so much because I'm a naturally aggressive individual. I'm cool, but I'm an aggressive individual because I'm passionate and it makes me aggressive. You know what I'm saying. So whatever I'm passionate about whatever I care about, that aggression is going to come through, whether it's, it don't have to be how I talk to a person, but how I talk, period. You know what I'm saying? I might get a little louder. I might get more animated. You know what I'm saying? And that shit comes out. And my oldest, he 13. And he and you know what I'm saying? Like, he in eighth grade right now. And it's kind of like, it's like, bro, it's like, it's like, nah, man, like, 
I can't allow you to go through the same things that I went through. Like I wouldn't be a father. You know what I'm saying? Like I cannot allow you to go through these things. You know what I'm saying? It's like you have to, you have to just understand that I'm trying to prepare you to be the man that I wasn't at that age. Like it's that journey through manhood when you're taking it alone, that shit is lonely, it's rough, it's confusing, and it's frustrating. Because for a long while, all through my 20s, I thought. I thought I was a man. Like, I thought, oh, you know what I'm saying? I'm a man. Like, I wasn't shit. You know what I'm saying? I was a bitch-ass nigga, still a little boy, thinking he was be a man, thinking he was a man, not knowing what the fuck a man was about. And I wronged a lot of people that really had my best interests at hand. You know what I'm saying? And it was just the way I was moving and my lack of giving a fuck. You know, I developed, you know what I'm saying, uh, I don't give a fuck type of mentality, you know, from str the strenuous relationship with my mama and just seeing certain shit in the world and coming from the environment I come from, it, it'll take you there. So I, I grew a real, I don't care type mentality about a lot of things. And it's hard to, it don't come with a light switch. It's hard to turn that shit off when you need to. You can't not give a fuck about people who think the world of you. You know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah, man, it's just trying to teach them to be better men and better overall human beings than I was at a much earlier age. Like, I just want to prepare them to be, I can't allow them I refuse to pass my demons down to them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't allow them to be spitting images of me. That's why none of my sons are juniors. You know what I'm saying? I wanted them to have their own legacy and develop their own characteristics and personalities because I didn't feel like I was worthy of anybody to be following behind and being juniors of. You know what I'm saying? Like, not at that point when I had them. I was still going through whatever I was going through. And I'm still trying to shed a lot of negativity. I ain't who I want to be, but I'm much closer than I was when we initially had them. So they don't get it right now. But if, if you know what I'm saying, at the end of the day, I just hope that they understand and they come back like, damn, pops or dad or whatever. Like, I remember you saying, we walked the bam and you was right. Like, it's crazy out here. Like, thank you. And, and that's all I'm looking forward to. It's just that, that moment of clarity and understanding, like, that shit was for a purpose, bro. I wasn't just trying to be hard on you because I didn't love you. Like, I make sure I tell them I love them, you know what I'm saying, multiple times a day, because I don't never want them to feel like this motherfucker don't love me. He just want to instruct me and, you know what I'm saying, talk talk loud, and it's like, nah, it's not that, bro. But it's like, I'm still developing patience, too. I'm only 35. That's still relatively yeah. young, you know what I'm saying? So I'm still developing as a man myself, so. Yeah, man. Um, sometimes I make it a point to, to grab these kids up. I got a, my boys in particular, like, my girls get hugs and kisses all the time, man. Like, it's just, I'm a completely different guy to my girls and my boys. It's just a fact that I, I can't lie about that. Like, right. you know, but sometimes I have to grip them little dudes up and just give them a hug. And you'll see, you I'll to. see at first they're tense. Like, yo, what's, what is he doing? Like, we don't, he doesn't do this. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, right. the time we, we spend together is our bonding time. It may not be touchy-feely or hugs or that is. I'm busting your head in some 2K or, you know, or we're playing sports right. or something like that. And that's our bonding time. But sometimes it's like, yo, sit your right. ass down, man. No, nah, put your phone away. We're going to watch this movie and, and we're going to talk about some things. You know what I mean? So sometimes it, it, it's worth it to to show them your softer side because it's a balance, right? You know what I mean? You want to show right. the world right. that hard exterior you know, the people that don't matter, but the people inside your home, you got to show them that you got to be graceful too and, and loving to the, to their mother, to, you know, to the, you know, just people that are important in the household. So I think that's good to show that, that healthy balance 
with it all. But you said a few things, man, and I'm I'm big on you know just talking things through. Whether whether you go to a counselor, mental health counselors, like whatever it is, have you as you've gotten older began to to deal with the things that happened in your past? You know, I know you were talking about your mom, and we were talking about same shit different day. And you mentioned, you know, you're starting to act just like her was one of the lyrics that stuck out to me. And in my mind, I equated her to your mom. You know what I mean? So have you began to like, how do you have it? How have you dealt with that? You know what I'm saying? Those things that have happened in your past and moving forward into adulthood. A lot of self-reflection, you know, uh, I do a lot of talking to myself and it might not be out loud, but going back and forth in my head with myself. Cause like, I used to think that was crazy. I felt like we was raised to believe if you talk to yourself that you're crazy or something wrong with you. And that's one of the things that I learned as a child that I'm, that I shared as a, an adult. Cause I mean, who knows you better than you? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's funny. It's a fucking social media meme floating around. Like, hell yeah, I talk to myself. Why wouldn't I talk to the realest nigga I know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, of course, because if I can't have that conversation with myself about what I what I need to be doing, what I shouldn't be doing, what I'm trying to go, what I'm trying to get away from, you know what I'm saying? What I'm what I'm doing out here. You gotta know self. And in order to improve self, you gotta know self. You gotta know where you falter. You gotta know your strengths. You gotta know your weaknesses. You know what I'm saying? So um you know, man, it's just, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's like all this shit is maturity and, and, and growth for me, man. And, you know, just taking things one day at a time, not getting too down on myself. But I, I, I honestly, I want to do, uh, I've had, I was court mandated therapy, uh, anger management, like in 2004. Like I was actually like I was already in the burbs out. My, my OG moved me to the burbs because uh, I got like beat up by the police or whatever. Like around sixteen, you know what I'm saying. So um, I end up I was supposed to graduate class of '04, but I end up getting into like some low key goofy ass gang shit, and like I got into a fight and I was kicked out of school, and on condition of I got charged with assault. You know what I'm saying? On condition of. Uh, my probation or whatever like I had to I was court mandated anger management but I hated it because the dude I mean white guy white older gentleman like he was telling me shit that would absolutely get me killed in the world I come from you know what I'm saying how to handle situations and it's kind of like I I realized right there that this ain't for me and I used to shit on therapy and the thought of going to therapy and motherfuckers needing therapists but as I get older that's something that I definitely want to do but I would never pay because that shit is expensive. I would never pay a therapist who have no idea about the place I come from. I would never, you know what I'm saying? I would never give money to a person like that for therapy. Like it got to be somebody that looked like me, somebody that could identify and know the place I come from. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know, I'm not saying there's no therapist out there like that, but I haven't came across none. I haven't been actively looking. Like I said, that shit costs an arm and a leg from what I've seen. But therapy is definitely something I want to, you know what I'm saying, dive into sooner or later. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of get that. And I've heard that from a lot of my friends in terms of just certain, certain things that they've been through. They can't talk to anybody about it. Like if they can't get the sound advice from somebody that understands the world that they come from, they kind of tune it out. And, it, and it, begin, it begins to be counterproductive for them. So, 
I, I understand that, man. But again, man, there's a lot, a lot of different things out there as far as affordable um, therapy out there. So, you know, yeah, I just was on my mind as, as you talked about it. I was like, yeah, man, I wonder if he actually talks about it <laughs> with anybody because again, man, like it could be something as low key as just, you never had a relationship with your mom, even though your mom was in your life or your dad, even though your dad was in your life and that shit affects your relationships in the future, man. For sure, man. But yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, enough with the, the, the down and dirty and the heavy stuff, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> you know, the, the album, man, what, do, what does the uh, title mean for you in terms of just body of work and, and where places in your body of work so far? Uh, I don't even really get into that with my music. Like I've yet to rank. It's only three projects, but I've yet to try to rank any one of them because it's kind of like, you know, how people ask Jordan which championship is his favorite because he has six of them motherfuckers. And it's kind of like, even though he gives the answer, he always get a Father's Day championship because it was after his father passed. But it's kind of like, it's hard for me to choose because, you know, these like my brain babies, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, this is my work, you know what I'm saying? And it's kind of like, they all can be different because it's what I was going through and how I was feeling at each point in time in my life while I wrote it and I put those joints together. So it's kind of like, as far as the necessary ranking, I don't have a ranking as far as ready where they place, but to speak about the title, I just knew when I initially came with it, I it had to mean something because it, originally the title track which is the intro, it was a different beat and it was just a, a bunch of bars, me just rapping. You know what I'm saying? It was just a bunch of bars and me saying a bunch of nothing. And at the end, I came up with the last bar, like something, 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 hell's angels and heaven's demons. And then I sat with it for a minute. Like I actually recorded it and everything, but I sat with the song and I'm like, you know, this title, like, excuse me, this sound like something. You know what I'm saying? This is too, it's too profound in my opinion, to just be the title of a joint to where I'm really talking about nothing and I'm just rapping. So, you know, we scrapped the song, you know what I'm saying? I told Doc I wanted to do it over. I wanted to come with something different. Give me a different beat. Maybe I could, because I wanted to put actual meaning and actual story behind the title because I knew a lot of people be like, well, what you mean, hell's angels and heaven's demons? You know, if it was, if the wording was correct, it would be uh, heaven's angels and hell's demons. But, you know, with 2020, uh, like the first four or five joints on this project is still residual from, you can kind of say the eternal reflection and the mind state and the emotional state I was in when I wrote the eternal reflection. A lot of that was still in me, you know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, just certain things being exposed, like I've seen something about a statistic of how Black women in particular was being given uh lesser health care, you know what I'm saying, expecting mothers, you know what I'm saying, like than any other, you know what I'm saying, race of women and uh women in the States. And it has kind of made me start thinking and it's like, you know what I'm saying, it's like, damn it, a lot of this shit that we don't even address, a lot of these titles and types of people who we look to in the world and society as good people, or these is the best people to have around you, or you go to the doctor, you don't think a doctor uh, a fuck you over purposely, you know what I'm saying? Or give you lesser treatment because your insurance don't pay his salary or whatever the case may be. And it's kind of like the wheels got to turn it. And I'm like, you know what? Let me just talk about these different things. You know what I'm saying? And that's how you get, I kick it off with 
know what I'm saying? Like something close to home, like shit that's going on in Chicago with the with the dr- the drill dudes dissing each other dead homies and then they die for that. I mean, yeah, it's wrong, but it's it's a it's a certain level of respect even to be shown to people who ain't here no more. I mean, you you throwing salt in the wound. You just took a motherfucker family away from them and. It was a report of motherfuckers pissing on somebody's grave and recording it, putting it on social media, like just all types of goofy shit. You know what I'm saying? And it's not trying to justify it, but it's it's breaking it down and making you realize that. Then I go on to talk about the doctor that botches patients' operations because pay from their occupation don't equate to his compensation about. And it's kind of like, OK, you might not have insurance or your insurance might not be suitable for the procedure or the medicine you need. So. He, he or she going to do some bullshit. They give you lesser treatment. You know what I'm saying? Or the nurse that's secretly racist. Uh, she see a lot of uh, brown, black and brown faces. You know what I'm saying? Predominantly black and Hispanic. She lets some of them die. Gunshot wound victims, stab wound victims. And she not giving them the proper treatment. You know what I'm saying? Like not doing all she could. The Catholic priest messing with the altar boys. You know what I'm saying? The the stepfather who's sexually abusing the the, the, the daughter. You know, just it's a it's a lot of different titles that we look to and we would just assume that these are good people because of the position they hold. When in reality, man, evil comes in many shapes and forms. Like it's it's a little bit of good in every bad motherfucker, and it's a little bit of bad in every good motherfucker. Like that's just the ebb and flow of humanity and society. It's the yin and the yang. Ain't nobody a hundred percent righteous and ain't nobody a hundred percent evil. You know what I'm saying? So that's really what that title meant. And I just kind of want to like dive into that and just to make you think I'm real big on content and making you use your brain while you listen to my music. Like I understand music is a groove. It's a feel, you know what I'm saying? But it's, it could also stimulate the mind. And that was the artist that I grew up on. They always stimulated the mind. Yo, shouts out to you, man, for sure, man, because you definitely are tapping into that different side of music. And, you know, we, we all like the vibe out, have a good time and have easy listening. But often at times, man, that's probably not, what I'm personally listening to, you know, I want to hear something with substance, you know, most of my day isn't just a vibe, you know what I mean? Sometimes I need to be laser focused. And when I'm listening to music like yours or other MCs that we've had on here, like you guys are actually saying shit in different ways, but you're saying something and, and that's what's important, you know? So, you know, this is your third project since your, your resurgence and, and, and coming back in the game and music meaning something to you. So, what, what do you have moving forward, man? Like, what is, are you looking to drop another project for years in or, you know, what's what's moving forward with you and, and your brand and, and, and your team? I'm excited, man. Um, I know it's a filthy records compilation in the works. Uh, I'm definitely going to be a part of that. I do have one more project I plan on dropping before 2022. Um, I don't got no title. Well, I'm not going to release a title or any, you know what I'm saying, features or nothing like that just yet, but it will be produced entirely by the homie, uh, The Black Depths, who was an incredible producer out of, I believe he originally from the DMV area, but he over in, uh, in Texas right now. So this dude, like, this one, this one going to be ignorant. It's, it's, matter of fact, ignorant. It's, pur- it's purposely ignorant. You know what I'm saying? Like, purposely, like. It, it's still, I'm just a, a person that I enjoy putting content in the music. It's still going to have content, but it's like, expect a lot of hard shit like this. I just wanted to rap on this one. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't, I didn't, I feel like I, I did, a, I ain't going to say did enough as if 
like I'm not gonna ever do it again. But the eternal reflection was a moment. You know what I'm saying? Like the first half of Hell's Angels and Heaven's Demons, like that's kind of like I say, a residual leftover, not leftover as in music, but leftover uh emotions and, and thoughts and shit from that era. Cause you know, the eternal reflection was composed during 2020, you know what I'm saying? And a little bit of 2021, but for the majority of 2020. So that was that, you know what I'm saying? A lot of social commentary, a lot of socio-political talk, you know what I'm saying? This one is kind of like, I want to say I'm getting away from it, but it's just, it's, it's me letting my head down lyrically, so to speak. Like, I'm just, I'm rapping over some of the hardest, most ignorant shit. Like, the collaborations is going to be crazy. Like, we we ended 2021 with a fucking explosion. I'll put it to you like that. Like, this is going to be, we ain't putting a cherry on a cake. We putting the cherry bomb on a fucking cake. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So this is going to be the, uh, I'm excited, man. I got some other shit in the work that I ain't privy, can't talk can't talk about right now. But 2022, man, it's only going to get brighter from here, man. Yeah, I mean, you you guys ain't talk about it, but you popped up on uh, the Tessera, I believe that's the name of it, JR's latest uh, little EP that just dropped out there. And I yeah. was like, man, I like the way... You- these guys sound together. You know, all, all of you guys that were on the track and a lot of your projects are, there's not a lot of features on there. And that's probably done purposeful because this show, it's your shit. You know what I mean? So with this next project, you know what I mean? You Are you looking forward to, and just without, just even, not even this next project, but just in general to branching out, doing more features, getting on, on tracks with like-minded individuals. Is that something that you're looking forward to doing? Most definitely. This last project for the year is is filled with features. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like, and it was done purposely, like how my other projects not having as many features is done purposely. I, I feel like I have to, I have to get you reintroduced to who I am as a, as an individual, as a man, first and foremost, and as an MC, you know what I'm saying? To show you I can hold my own. That's kind of why like the first project, it wasn't a lot of like songs, you know what I'm saying? It was, they were songs, but as far as like with hooks and shit, like the first project, Shout out to the homie Max Julian. It was like a lot of long verses, uh, audio clips and samples to tie everything in. And certain songs had hooks, maybe like one or two. Then the second project, I actually showed you I can I can compose, you know what I'm saying, actual songs and even shit that you might hear on the radio, with like kind of like a murder shit or uh chosen with Britney Carter and Olive Blue on the eternal reflection, I gave you that. You know what I'm saying? I gave you hooks and I did I did it on Hell's Angels and Heaven's Demons as well. I kind of on certain joints took it back to the 316s and four bar, eight bar hooks and showed you I can compose actual song. Like I'm a, I'm an artist. You know what I'm saying? Like the people who I grew up on and the ones who taught me, they wasn't just underground rappers who just gave you 50 bars every time you heard them and that was it. Like these dudes went platinum in their day. You know what I'm saying? Like they was the stars. Like, Boz was actually the stars back in the day. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, just to show you that I can do all this, but I'm just focusing on doing a certain thing. And with this project, it's more of a collaborative effort. Like, I'm I'm not sure the number of joints I'm going to put. I don't know if it's going to be 12. The last three projects been 12 joints. That's been my sweet spot. It might be a little shorter. You know what I'm saying? It won't be longer, but it might be a little shorter, just a little bit. But it's a lot of features. And the homie JR is definitely a part of this. And we... We we got some shit, man. <laughs> we got some shit. Like I'm excited to 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 drop this this atom bomb at the end of the year and just to see the reaction to this one, man. Because I'm a what what what, what the Wu say? Flying guillotine chops off his fucking head. I'm, I'm coming with flying guillotines <laughs> yeah, for this last one. I, I love to see it. 
Love, love to see it, man. Love to see it, man. I, I know Iron Sharpens Iron, and that's that's what I'm most excited about as a listener and receiving it because I know, I, I think, I don't know you guys, know you guys, but I know the rapper and you guys, and I know right, y'all right. not looking to get cleaned up. Y'all, y'all, you know, y'all looking to make the not best possible all. song, but at the same time, you don't want nobody to be like, oh, this this dude had the hardest verse. Like, it, it happens. That's what we do. That's what we do, man. So this I'm looking forward to it. It's definitely going to be a debate. It's, and I ain't saying it like I want it to be a debate. I just know how motherfuckers' minds work. As soon as oh, you yeah. hear some shit, you're like, oh, he killed it. Oh, he killed Like, nah, like, we got one of them. Like, we got one of them. Like, he absolutely destroyed that shit. And I do what I do. So I can't wait for motherfuckers to hear that. For sure, man. So before I let you go, man, let me let me know any last words you want to leave us with, uh, any last things you want to plug. I know you mentioned earlier you had two shows, so I want you to kind of promote those again, where they are, uh, merch. I see you got your merch on, where where people could get merch from. So plug all that, man. Bad, bad. So uh, we're going to start with the social media. You can get get at me on Instagram and on Twitter. That's at GodMC, G-A-W-D-E-M-C-E-E. Uh, got the little Facebook page popping. I am God. YouTube is I am God. Uh, Bandcamp. If you want to actually support, that's where you could buy the music. That's where you could buy vinyl. That's where you could buy CDs. Uh, that is G A W D S G I F T dot bandcamp dot com. B A N D C A M P. So that's God's gift dot bandcamp dot com. And again, you could get you could get uh, the digital version of all three projects. I don't have vinyl or CDs anymore for the first joint with Max Julian, but you could get vinyl and CDs for the Eternal Reflection and for I Am God. I mean, uh, the Eternal Reflection and Hell's Angels and Heaven's Demons. Um, all three of those projects are streaming on all uh, DSPs, your Apple Music, your titles, your Spotify's, whatever. Um, yeah, man, merch. Uh, my first time dealing with the merch shit, I got the shirts. You know what I'm saying? I actually got one on right now. The I Am God, getting ahead without devolving, doing filthy joints. You know what I'm saying? So those will be on hand at the show. Uh, those would not be going on Bandcamp. I'm tired of splitting my profits with these uh, platforms. Like, much respect to Bandcamp in particular, though, because they doing the Bandcamp Fridays. But if you want one of the shirts, I have everything from small to 5X. You know what I'm saying? So uh, certain sizes do run super, super, are super limited. Um, So just hit me up on, I would prefer it be, uh, uh, either in the DMs on Instagram or you can hit me up on Twitter. If you're trying to purchase the shirts, you can hit me up on Facebook too, but I'm, I'm more on Twitter and Instagram, but I definitely see it. Uh, the shirts will be on deck at the showcase I'm having at Subterranean October 23rd. That's next Saturday. Uh, the venue again is Subterranean. Those in Chicago, we know what it's sub T. Um, doors open at nine o'clock, shows from 10 to three. The merch will be on deck, the t-shirts. We have some vinyl in there. We have some CDs in there. Probably some other little trinkets uh, performing live, ready to rip that down. Um, I'll be performing at North Bar in Chicago for Hip Hop Halloween. Shout out to homie Sam I Am for curating this and putting this together. Um, that's the uh, that's October 29th, uh, $10 at the door. And I believe you have to be masked up to get in the uh, COVID protocol. Um, but yeah, man, we moving. We moving. I got a lot of, a lot of dope shit planned for 2022. One more project for this year. I just can't wait, man. It's, it's it's looking bright, man. The future is looking bright. Sure. Shout out Filthy hey. Records, too. You know what I'm saying? Yes, Filthy Records, definitely. K, you know what I'm saying? The whole team, Custom, Sean Doe. Shout out to everybody, Filthy Records, man. We in. For sure, man. 
Um, but before you take us out, man, I'm, I'm going to hit you with a Nori question. You know what I mean? Um, we interview <laughs> a lot of, I think we we got a lot of artists on here at this point. You know, but in your opinion, who who haven't we gotten on here that needs to be on here? And if you mention that name, you got to help us get that person on. Should I give you a few names? Uh, Vic Spencer, Fillmore Green, Brittany Carter, Water, shit, uh, Weasel Sims, Jay Hayes. I mean, shit, like these is artists, King Seven, like these is artists that like, man, that's been doing it for a minute. And that's why I be telling motherfuckers like, Male and female, shout out to Freddie Old Soul. Like, it's just a lot. Ange 13, like, uh, Annihilation. It's, it's a lot of, of, of talent over here. Like, I feel like, I feel like three stacks back in 95, man. Chicago got something to say. Like, I think people just, people got so used to us doing the drill and the trap shit and, and seeing that, that that's the dominant sound out of the crib. Like, don't forget about these last several decades. We've been adding on to the culture as well. Like, we, we, whatever you want to hear Chicago do that at a very high level. You know what I'm saying? So them names right there, just say the word in any way I could assist or play a role in that. You know what I'm saying? I definitely put on. Yeah, for sure. Because uh, you could tell Fillmore, you know, Fillmore Green, he getting up there. He, he got his messages shut off. You could tell he taking off. Fact. He ain't got time for the bullshit because <laughs> I tried to reach out. I even shot him an email. I even shot him an email. I don't even go that far to an email. I'm, like, if I can't reach out to you in the I'm gonna DMs, see him today. I'll be like, all right, man, I'll get to it when I get to I'm it. I'm see him today. I'm hard. But uh, he, he's one because ever since your, la- your last project, Etern- the Eternal Reflection, reflection yeah. I was like, yeah, I got to get Buddy on. Yeah, the Reflection Eternal, sorry. Um, you know, I got to get old Buddy on because this shit was cold. And then we listened to his project. And then Press was like, yeah, if you can, yeah. definitely reach out. Yeah. Uh, Brittany... We ran into some <laughs> some issues, scheduling issues, but uh, we want to wait till she has something that she wants to promote. You know what I'm saying? So I know her last project came out uh, in the springtime, so that may As be a, t- a little too late. So we'll wait on that. Yeah. And uh, definitely, I think I, I saw Water. I saw. I haven't listened to his music yet, so I want to listen cold. before I reach out. Yeah, bro, cold. Like you gonna you gonna fuck with yeah. him if you fuck with yeah, what I what I heard. Yeah, you definitely gonna fuck with Water. Yes, sir. He got so many projects, so I I think I was overwhelmed yeah. when I looked. So let's I was start like, with the with the latest. I gotta shit. I gotta just pick, and then uh, I think that's it. No, another cat. He was just he was in like a a biker, a biker uh, vest, and he was just doing a little performance with a slow King phone. Seven. Yeah, buddy is bro raw yeah. as hell. Like yeah, yeah his nothing but hitters, man. Nothing but hitters. Like like I said, man. Like. We got an underground scene of our own, and that's what I'm really trying to. That's what I'm really focused on pushing. Like, I want. I ain't gonna even speak on all that, but we coming. Just know that Chicago. We definitely got something to say out this month. I feel y'all. Y'all better. Y'all better together than separate. I feel y'all. You. I feel what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Better together than separate. And if a lot of you guys just based on like, like I said, I haven't listened to everybody. I ain't gonna sit on here and lie. <laughs> um, it's just too much music out there, and too and not enough time to get to right. it. You know what I mean? But. Those are definitely some people who I, I've started following just to kind of start getting familiar with what they're doing and how they're moving. Get to the I'll get to the music, but yeah, yeah, we we'll, we definitely have to tap in with Chicago and, and the Midwest in general because there's a lot of dope MCs out of Chicago, Detroit, and you know when I sit back and think about it, some a lot of those guys are in, you know, in my books as as top MCs, you know that. They may be my favorite or they may not necessarily get the 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 credit they deserve, but 
anytime anybody listens to them or they put on to them, one thing you can't deny is that they cold. Facts. You know what I mean? So definitely going to tap into those, those ladies and them gentlemen that you just mentioned, man. So, yo, man, I know we had enough of your time, man. I know you got things to do, but this is episode 130. This is I Am God. Dr. Mindbender, like, their project is phenomenal. You guys need to check it out. Go back and check out his discography, man. Like, he has everything. Hell's Angels and Heaven Demons. I mean, these these are some projects that you guys have to tap into. And don't don't be like me and be late, late to the party. You know what I mean? Um, you you got to tap in. You got to tap in because before it's too soon, the price is going to go up. You know what I mean? Similar to what Fat Joe's. You've been saying, you know, right. today's pricing, you know, yeah, yeah, I know the rest of it. So, <laughs> you know, we appreciate your time, brother, man. Keep doing your thing. We're looking forward to the collaborations and everything you have in store. Keep doing your thing because it's, it's resonating, I mean, online, but it's resonating in real life. And I think that's what's most important. That's what's most important, man. So, Gratitude. again, on, on behalf of President I, we wish wish you the best, man. And, you know, anytime you drop anything, or if you just want to stop by to, to talk shit about whatever we talking about, you're more than welcome to return back to the couch, brother. Appreciate y'all having me, man. Appreciate y'all having me back, man. Episode, what'd you say, 134? 130, 130. 130. Hey, congratulations and much continued success, bro. Like, I love to see it, man. Like, appreciate y'all for allowing me to be a part of y'all's journey, man. We got more history to make. For sure, for sure. All right, with that said, man, we out. Yes, sir. Yeah. I fuck with this one, Doc. Look. Look, why would you question my greatness? I've been a monster since a little urchin. Rappers try they love, but always end up coming up short like a little person. I spit a verse and leave a nigga baffled. Niggas think I'm from the apple, cause I scapple when he track a nigga tackle. Attack the beat and make whack niggas have a seat. Bitch, my rapping is past the lead. I make rappers have to retreat back to the lab and put the pen back to the pad. And come with some illa shit, cause they know I be killing shit. I studied under the artists you consider goats. So when you hear me wax poetic, how could you not feel a nigga quotes? I give them dope that they don't have to enjoy. So when it come to features, all my local rappers connect I know what it's like to be the nigga these rappers neglect Yeah, I'm after a check, but also after rappers respect So like Inspector Deck, I'ma bomb atomically And kill everything moving to these motherfuckers on me I am gone You ain't got a download, stream, a cop